my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, the existence of this. started the podcast yay <laughs> she's texting your husband my husband because he's gonna go get taco bell for us i'm so excited i'm excited i'm hungry you know how long it's been since i've had taco bell how long at least two months what maybe three i would have made him go get you some taco bell like now <laughs> the last time i had taco bell was when i was craving tacos with this one and it's been a minute hmm He's already a month old. I know. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. How does that happen? You know what's even more crazy? What? He's almost 12 pounds. Oh, He's a big thing. boy. Little. He's I a three-month close. A big little thing. <laughs> He's so sweet. <laughs> he is. He's been sleeping this whole time. We've been up here talking for probably a good half hour, and he's just been sleeping the whole time. I fed him right before I came <laughs> over. Oh, that's why. <laughs> he makes random noises. <laughs> so cute, though. <laughs> oh, so sorry that we couldn't do a episode last week together. You weren't feeling well. I so had to get sick. I uh, I appreciate it. He's here. I'm gonna pause this and probably go open the door for him. Who's here? Well, that was confusing. <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> it makes sense now. He's not here. He's, He's at, at Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. <laughs> Yay. So, last week was fun. I got to talk to my kids about what they uh, believed in. He told me all about it. That's awesome. He was so excited. So, did he tell you he really doesn't believe in very much? No, it was more like, Mom, let me be a part of the podcast. <laughs> That's he, cute. It was adorable. Oh, yeah. We talked about whether he believed in, like, Bigfoot and and aliens and ghosts. You know, the big ones. And he said the only one that he really kind of sort of believes in is ghosts. My son apparently believes in aliens. Does he? He was drawing aliens all over our sidewalk yesterday. Yes. Good job. He goes, Mommy, look, an alien. Oh, that's so cute. Like, how do you know what an alien is? You're three. <laughs> that's so cute. Did you see that picture I posted about all the alien faces? Yeah, it was actually really cool. Yeah, kind of, I thought, interesting. Yeah. The very last one was like, dang, he's buff. <laughs> he hits the gym. <laughs> no, the, it was, it, Ashlyn believes in a lot. I can see that. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she might have. She believes in a lot. Rylan is definitely more skeptical about things, which I'm okay with as well. Yeah. That's fine, but... She makes for an interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, how was your week last week since you didn't have to do an episode with me? Oh, it was all right. Hung out with the family, did stuff around the house, you know, tried to sleep. Sure. Normal stuff. Not doing a lot of that right now. No, he gets enough sleep for both of us, I guess. Yes, he does. I ordered some stuff on... Wish, you know what wishes? Yeah, it only takes you like two months to get the stuff. Yeah, them. but it's all super duper cheap. <laughs> so a while, a little while ago, I ordered some stuff on Wish, and one of the items that came in yesterday was a it was a sheet like a twin bed sheet set, and I got it for a dollar. But how much was shipping? Um, like five bucks. 
It really wasn't that bad. I thought it was supposed to come with a fitted sheet. It didn't. That's whatever. It's what I get for, you know, spending a dollar on it. (laughs) But the reason I have found out why it was a dollar, it's this really cool sheet set that my daughter wants because it has a unicorn on it and it's very, very colorful. This sheet set was probably supposed to be customizable because it has letters on it. And what these letters say is tattoo font. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, so now we ha- it's two pillowcases and a sheet, not a fitted sheet, just a sheet. And it's got a very colorful unicorn that says tattoo font. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so you get her like a, a pink or like whatever the dominant color is <coughs> for the fitted sheet. And yes. Let her use that one for the top sheet. Exactly. That, that is fantastic. It's so great. And she really wanted it. It's like, fine, you can have it. <laughs> Just that's what I get for spending a dollar. <laughs> so wow. great. I love Wish. And I ordered a whole bunch of stuff. And uh it comes in when it comes in and it's kind of like a, i like it though because it's like a surprise like oh, it oh finally my god got i got a present today it twitched <laughs> it is it, it's great it's like getting your own little presents that you've forgotten you bought or you know if you get drunk and you buy things see i'm very good at not doing that because i tend to lose my phone when i get drunk oh well that's good that's good for you <laughs> i remember i got drunk once and i was watching How I Met Your Mother, while drunk. (laughs) And the whole thing, he was talking about the bro code. I'm like, oh, that would be so cool if I could, like, have a book that was the bro code. So I get on my phone. And there is a book that's the bro code. And it's got Barney Stinson's face on it. And I'm like, oh, so cool. I got really excited and I bought it. Nice. And it's not that I forgot that I bought it, but it was more of in the morning I realized... Uh, I didn't really need that. <laughs> but I guess now I have it. That's and awesome. I can read the bro code. Like, it's like one of those things that you put in the bathroom. <laughs> See, when I do have my phone on me, I do drunken phone calls. Oh, yeah. I text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My brother does drunken phone calls as well. Mm. The difference between the two of us is, one, I'm three hours ahead of him. Mm. And for the last year, I haven't really been able to drink. Yeah. So every about three to six months, I get a drunken phone call from my brother. (laughs) That's great. All right, Taryn, do you want to hear a weird fact? It is possible to lead a cow upstairs, but not downstairs. That is a proven fact. Well, yeah, it's in my fact book. No, I've done that. Oh, you have? Yeah. (laughs) So you can get it up the stairs. Yeah, they'll follow you up the stairs, but... They won't go down the stairs because of the way the gravity is and uh-huh. their head goes lower than their butt and yeah. Huh. They will not go downstairs. That's weird. So yes, cows will go upstairs, but not downstairs. <laughs> That's funny. I know, these poor cows. I know. <laughs> He's you very might... upset about that. <laughs> All those poor cows. Turn. Well, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about... Something closer to Fort Wayne. Columbia City Jail. That's what it says on my research. <laughs> I read. <laughs> the Columbia City Jail. Not the haunted jail, but yeah. they do the 
fake one. It's the same one. Hmm. Never actually been to that one. It's, it, the the haunted jail actually is or was a jail. Hmm. So that's where you know I got it. It was a jail. Yeah, I used three different articles in my research. I'm gonna start telling you what articles I got it out of because I don't want to be accused of plagiarizing things. So I used, uh, there's an article on hauntedrooms.com. Another one, well, it's actually the Haunted Jails website, the Columbia City Jail.com. And this third one is the most important one because I use this one the most. It is an article on uh, indianawhitleycounty.com by a reporter named Nicole Minier. Minier? Minier. And she did a phenomenal job on this article. And I will probably read a lot of it verbatim from that article. So she's awesome. And we're going to get started here. So the Columbia City Jail was built in the year 1875. It was originally called the Whitley County Jail. Obviously, because it's in Whitley County. We are in Allen County. I actually know the guy that runs the haunted jail. Oh, do you? Yeah. Really? You met him last year. Did I? Yeah, he's been at our party that we have every year. He's the car dealer? Yeah. No. Maybe. I don't know. He's the guy that brought the creepy thing we should get a picture of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's him. I thought he was just a manager. I didn't... Like, he's not the owner. Yeah, he owns it. Oh. That was one of the props that was in the haunted jail. Oh. Well, some people have some choice words for him. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Well, I'll, I'll explain more. That's fine. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. J.C. Johnson designed the building and many other jail buildings in the state of Indiana. It is three stories tall and very ornately decorated. Upon completing the building... It served as both the jail and the sheriff's house. The sheriff being in the same building as all the criminals and prisoners. It was very easy to prevent any other illegal activities. Like, you know, trying to break out. Interesting. Or, you know, all that other stuff. I don't know if I'd necessarily want my house in the same area. Not, especially if you have kids. I wouldn't want that. Yeah. I, I don't, I would not like that. Twitch their own, I guess. Yeah. As well as the jail and the sheriff's house. There are stories that it was also the courthouse for a little bit there. Hmm. That obviously would help out a little bit as well. So it's the jail. And then, like, you don't have to go very far to your court. Because, hey, it's right there. (laughs) You don't have to worry about transportation. Exactly. Kind of worked out. So it was like that for a little bit until a new courthouse was built in 1888. It was roughly a block away, so it still wasn't very far to go. The jail was used for many years as a home for county offices following the retiring of the jail in 1975. So it was like the jail was open and used for quite a while. The county offices remained in the building until wear and tear and old age and unfortunately, the heating system completely, you know... Took a poo. Yep, took a poo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the building was left empty uh, from 1985 until about 1991. 
So it was empty. In 1991. Best year ever. Because you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I was three. <laughs> so in 1991, instead of, see, this is the part many people are want to have words with your friend about. He's not my friend. He's just an acquaintance. Oh, someone you know, whatever. Instead of returning the building to its former glory and restoring it, the new owner, who was a car dealer in close proximity to the jail, decided to use the building as a haunted house, which is where we get the haunted haunted jail. Every year, tons of people go to Columbia City for the haunted jail. I've been once back in high school. We should go this year. We can go this year. I've never been. We'll we'll find a sitter for the kids. Yeah, they're too young for that. And we'll go. Yeah, the haunted jail is pretty scary. I've never been. That's pretty scary. I can get us free tickets, though. Sweet. We can do that. Okay. (laughs) But, so yeah, lots of people go there. Not only is the Columbia City Haunted Jail a attraction during Halloween, it's actually really haunted. Like, for real. Haunted. It's got real ghosts in it. That's exciting. (laughs) I know. You know what? I'll talk to him. And see if we can go before the Halloween shit's put up. Oh, yay. Because they're probably starting to put the Halloween stuff probably. up now. But that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. I'll see if I can get his number. Okay. Yeah. That'd be like awesome. I said, he's in the Queens. He's a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah. That's okay. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Well, yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll have this here definitely next year. That's pretty cool. But that, so that's the reason why a lot of people aren't really a fan of his. Yeah, I can see that. It's like it's a, it's a historical, it's a historical building. building. You could have easily made... Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, so. Makes sense. Yeah. I get it. On both ends. I really, really enjoy history. And I think it would be awesome to see the building, you know, back how it was when it was first built, rather than being a haunted jail. <laughs> but I, I suppose you could do both, honestly. You could fix it up and do the haunted jail. Yeah. It's not. Or fix up the majority of it, but the part that you do the Honda part in, leave that kind of yeah wish washed out. Exactly. Like I don't maybe best of both worlds. Yeah, I don't see the big deal on any of it. So there's real ghosts. Pretty awesome. I'm ready to get into information on the real ghosts. There is one man who said to haunt the jail to this very day. The man's name is Charles Butler. Now I'm going to tell you the story of Charles Butler. Mr. Butler. Mr. Butler. Mr. Charles Butler. He was the son of George W. Butler, M.D., who was a doctor, and his wife, Margaret A. Clover. Was she? Was he a creepy doctor that, like, you know, did experiments on people? No, he was just a normal doctor. Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Charles was about uh, five feet, eight inches tall. So I think for a guy, he was... He wasn't, like, tall, but he wasn't short. Short. He wasn't super short. That's, like, my height. That's, like, two inches higher than me. I was going to say, my husband is your height. He's short. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, okay, for a guy, he's a little short. He also had blue eyes and light hair, and he had a scar over his left temple. Charles had a very bad temper. He... Very much enjoyed bullying people who were weaker than he was. And he developed a lot of drinking issues. 
could explain why he has a scar on his temple. Yes, probably. Uh, Charles was married to a woman named Abigail. They both lived in Columbus, Ohio, and they had a son. Their son's name was Henry. Charles had been arrested on 27 different occasions between the years 1877 and 1883. 27 times. Obviously, being the man with bad temper, he was very violent towards his wife and towards his four-year-old son. You heard a kid, I'm going to hurt you. Oh, no kidding. While he was in jail, his wife Abigail uh, ran away from Columbus, Ohio to Pierceton, Indiana, which is in Kosciuszko County. Living here in town definitely helps with pronouncing names. (laughs) Most people just say K-County. I know how to say it, so... I don't know how to spell it, but I know how to say it. <laughs> I've been there once. Well, I all the time, man. Kosciuszko County. The reason that she went to Pearson, Indiana, is because Henry's Charles, her husband's aunt and uncle, aunt and uncle lived there. That's where she went. Charles heard about the news. He said he would get his wife for that. Like he was very angry. So when he was released from jail in Ohio, he took the train to Pearson. And he found Abigail. When he arrived, he was very upset that his wife didn't was not happy to see him. Because obviously she left him for a reason. Yeah. She wouldn't be happy. But he wasn't happy that she wasn't happy. He later asked if he could see their son. And she told him no. Because he was sleeping. Makes sense. Yeah. No, he's sleeping. Especially if you're having a temper right now. You're not going to see him. Well, unfortunately, that set him off. And he pulled out a gun. Did she pull one out, too? No, she didn't. She tried to run away. You can't outrun a bullet. You can't outrun a bullet. Butler fired two shots. One hit Abigail in her spine between her shoulder blades. And the other one into the base of her brain. So look at your hairline. Yeah. Basically. Right. Yeah. Probably right there. That just sounds painful. At least the death was quick. Yeah. She died hours later. Oh. So, not too quick. Poor thing. (laughs) Yeah. Charles didn't attempt to escape. He walked up to her body, acted like he was going to turn the gun on himself. He didn't, though. He sat on the front porch of the home and waited for the police to arrive. And he told a neighbor. You talked to a neighbor in between this time, too, which is just crazy to me. You just killed somebody and you're just going to go talk to someone. Hey, hey, Heather. How's it going? Yeah, don't, don't go to my backyard. It's, you know, or... How, how's your day going? <laughs> yeah. No, you talked to a neighbor. He said, my wife and I have been having trouble for some time, and I concluded the best thing for me to do was get her out of the way. No love for him. No. Crazy, psychotic person. He felt like he was above the law. He, His thought was, all it's going to take is um, a few good lawyers and a lot of my dad's money, because, you know, his dad was a doctor. It's only if daddy wants to give up his money. Wow. True. Hmm. We'll see. He sounds like kind of a brat. Probably is. Yeah. (laughs) Only child? I think so, yes. Not saying that only child's a brat. Just only child's going to be more spoiled than other. I think he was. No. I I don't know. I don't know if he was an only child or not. I don't remember. I don't think he was. Okay. No. He had a sister, at least. He was arrested and taken to the Kosciuszko County Jail. 
where he attempted to escape. He fashioned hacksaws and knives and attempted to saw the bars off of his cell. You think if you wanted to escape, instead of talking to your neighbor, you would have taken off? Uh, yeah, but he was under the impression that, okay, I'll get caught. My je- my my loyals, my lawyers are going to get me off. So whatever. That way he won't have to run from the law. Makes sense, I guess, in a psychotic kind of way. I guess. But then why would you attempt to break out of jail? What if daddy wasn't giving us money so he didn't have a good lawyer? So now you had to go to plan B, C, D, E, Z. Uh, maybe. I don't know. His, his attorney, the one that he did have, did fight for a change of venue. And it's interesting. Pearson is in Kosciuszko County, so it would make sense he would go to the Kosciuszko County Jail. But his lawyer wanted the change of venue, so he is transferred to the Whitley County Jail. Which is right next door, I guess, essentially. And Pearson is very close to the Whitley County. So I suppose you could, it could be a toss-up. Yes. My question is, why do you want to change the venue? Like, what's the point behind changing the venue? Uh, maybe people wouldn't know him there. Word travels fast, though. Uh, yeah, it does, especially in Indiana, where there's nothing to do but grow corn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, so, in the February of 1884, he was transferred to the Whitley County Jail in Columbia City. The jail was hailed as one of the best in northern Indiana, but it did have its flaws. And he still went through with escaping with the help of fellow inmates. Prisoner Ed Carter was in jail for counterfeiting. (laughs) And just so happened, he was a carpenter and part of the crew that built the jail. Oh, see, now that would be a good reason for a change of venue. (laughs) Oh, you built the jail? You're going to this one. (laughs) Yeah, but so he's in in the jail that he helped build and helped butler escape did he escape too yes of course (laughs) you never know of course he did uh he told him that uh there was soft stone in the ceiling of their cell so what they did was they kept chipping away at the stone in the ceiling and then hid the plaster underneath the mattress and you would think you would hear that happening because the whitley county jail was also the sheriff's house Oh, yeah. At that time. So the sheriff is living there with all of the inmates. You'd think you'd hear something. You would hope they would. But they got away with it because someone had a harmonica and someone else did some loud singing. (laughs) Talk about teamwork. I know. At 8 p.m. on March 15th of 1884... The sheriff that was uh, living there and on duty was Sheriff Frank Alwyn. Alwyn? Alwyn? A-L-L-W-E-I-N. Alwyn. I'm going to go with Alwyn. He was entertaining some guests, so he was kind of distracted anyways. Butler and his co-conspirators finished what they were doing and... Let's see, it was five inmates all together escaped. So the singer, the harmonica player, is the carpenter and Mr. Butler. That's four, so one more. Yeah, but those are only four you mentioned. Yeah, I'm guessing maybe there was a couple of loud singers. Or a couple of guys doing the chipping away. Alright, makes sense. Okay. 
They traveled north on State Road 9, hid in, I don't know what a haymow is. They hid in some hay, I'm going to guess. I don't know what a haymow is. It's a mountain of hay. Maybe it is a mountain of hay. Why not? Eh, whatever. They hid in hay. They hid in hay. <laughs> during sure. Yeah, they did that during the first day. And while a bunch of officers obviously tried looking for them. They continued north on State Road 9 to Burr Oak in Noble County, which is north, right? I believe so. Noble County's north. They broke into the schoolhouse there, and then they took the B&O Railroad to Columbus, Ohio, where, if we remember, he's from Columbus, and that is where his daddy lives. Found his father, and his father gave the men a considerable amount of money. I don't know how much a considerable amount is, but he gave him some money. The sheriff, Sheriff Alwyn, and Constable Sam Britton. I'm guessing Constable is just the police officer. They took the manhunt upon themselves. They traveled up to Columbus, where they found Butler drunk and passed out on a set of railroad checks with $190 in his pocket. I guess that's a considerable amount. <laughs> okay. Well, he had to have spent some on the drinking. Yeah. But due to the damage at Whitley County Jail, they couldn't take him back there. So he was placed under the care of the Allen County Jail. That's where we are. Well, Butler was there for a little bit. He attempted to escape again, but his his plans didn't get to go through because another inmate snitched on him. Good for him. Right. So Butler's month-long trial began May 12th of 1884 and continued through June 12th of 1884 under Judge E. Van Long. That does sound like a judge's name. Yes, it does. This trial put Columbia City on the map. Visitors came from all over to see the case. Restaurants, hotels were all full. Everyone wanted to come see this. Mr. Charles Butler used his daddy's money, and employed five attorneys. That's a lot of attorneys. That is a lot of attorneys. Who needs that many? You killed someone. Apparently, Butler. I think one will be fine. A jury of 12 men were chosen, and for 28 days, they listened to the story of Charles Butler and why he decided to murder his wife. All five of his defense attorneys attempted to argue that he was insane. Again, that only works, like, 1% of the time. Well, nowadays. What about back in the 1800s? We'll have to go back and figure that out. We're not from there, so we don't know. (laughs) Well, they put several neighbors on the stand to testify on on his behalf, and he did receive a severe blow to the head by a police officer when he lived in Columbus. So they were trying to say that that blow to the head knocked a screw loose. Now he's crazy. If only it worked like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that it's never happened, but I doubt it did. Yeah, but TBIs don't really take... I mean, I guess I could see that if the TBI was bad enough, the traumatic brain injury uh-huh. is bad enough. Because I had a guy that I was dealing with a while back who does have a TBI, and he is the sweetest guy, except for when like something happens and he switches and then he's a total... I'll have to explain Ooh. more later. It's weird. But it takes like six of us to get him to calm down. Wow. And then once he's calmed down and he flips back, he's the sweetest guy all over again. I'll oh. have to explain it to you. So I, I could see. That is interesting. A TBI actually happening. 
like the traumatic brain injury actually causing that. But it'd have to be a really bad one. And a simple blow to the head, I don't think, is bad enough. No, probably not. Again, I guess I'm not a if doctor. you got them just right. I don't know. I, I, I'll have to tell you that other story. Yeah, that sounds later. quite but, interesting. Huh. So I, so we know it's possible. It is possible, but, but again, just hard. <laughs> I don't think a simple blow to the head. And again, we don't have the information, so we don't know. But yeah. I give it a 25% chance of that actually being the yeah. reason. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's what happened here. Well, I think he was probably using it as an excuse, but I'm giving him yeah. a 25% chance of that it could be possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's crazy. It's okay. <laughs> so the jurors did hear about the shooting in, in detail, but Butler never denied shooting his wife. He never once said, I didn't do it. He did it. And he knew he did it. Well, in the final days of the trial, the man who spoke for the prosecution, his name was William McNagney. All right. McNagney. He was just really good at what he did. So a lot of people were like, oh, this guy, he's good. He gave a three and a half hour long speech. That's a long speech. That is a long speech. And he said he compared Butler to the guy who assassinated President James Garfield in 1881. Hmm. <laughs> That's nuts. I, I mean, yeah, but it's just, it's funny. Still. It's funny to me. He shot his wife and he's just as bad as the guy who shot the president. Yeah, one shooter. Well, you know, they're all, they're all bad. <laughs> they're Don't all shoot bad. people. No, that's that's not good, guys. By the time the attorneys reached their final arguments on June 11th, 1884, the trial had drawn so much publicity that there were more than 300 people on the courthouse lawn. That's a lot of people. I mean, there were kids climbing trees to try to watch this trial. That's crazy. Yeah. After seven hours of deliberation, the jury gave its guilty verdict at 4 a.m. 4 a.m.? That's because they can't go home until the verdict is given. That's crazy. All right. 4 a.m. on June 12th. Dang. Four months later, on October 15th, Butler was scheduled to hang. On the day of the hanging, the sheriff's son-in-law... Shaved and cut Butler's hair, and he said he was the calmest customer in his shop that day. About to die, I mean, what are you gonna do? Don't cut my hair. Don't <laughs> cut my hair. Don't do it. I like my hair. <laughs> no, you cut it too short. <laughs> so an enclosure was erected on the east side of the jail. Reports say he, Butler, cried out during the night, not wanting his son to know that he died a murderer. And he still believed that his attorneys would halt the execution somehow. I mean, it's not... Good luck with that. Yeah. The Indiana Supreme Court and Governor Albert Porter would not overturn the verdict. And Butler's son would be under the care of his grandfather in Columbus. So that's... The doctor. Yeah, the doctor, Charles's dad. That morning, Butler was baptized in in the Catholic faith. So he's going to try to at least go to heaven, I guess. And the, yep, see, here it is, his sister. His, the only family member present was his sister, Hattie Havens of Cincinnati, Ohio. He ate a little breakfast and he made a will to give everything to his son. And they gave him an accordion 
got to play a couple of songs on the accordion while he waited for his execution. Shortly after 9 a.m., he was given a shot of brandy to help calm his nerves. Apparently they did that back in the day. I see that because if you're calmer, then your body is more relaxed. You're more willing to... Because the whole point of hanging is to snap the neck because it's a quick death versus suffocating to death. I'm glad you said that. So if they're stressed out, then they're more tense. The mm-hmm. muscles protect the bones and you end up strangling yourself versus breaking your neck. Yep. So I can see the shot of brandy calming your nerves so it's a faster death. Yeah. Very yeah. good. I like, I'm very happy you said that. That'll come into play as we go forward. Yay, I know things. <laughs> At 11.50 a.m., the sheriff took him out of jail and walked him onto the scaffold in front of those who received a ticket. This was not a public hanging. Only those who had a ticket were able to see the hanging. The people who had a ticket were the people on the jury, family members, and law enforcement officers. Although, there was still an audience of about 200 people that were gathered around the lawn. Only one of those tickets went unused because it was a one of the officers who had to start doing crowd control. Because there were so many people there, he couldn't use his ticket. So doing his job instead of watching his murder? Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. He wasn't the only one there. They also had uh, actual firefighters were there doing crowd control as well. And some of them had muskets. Okay. <laughs> Up on the scaffold, Charles Butler gave a speech. And this is what he said. I never premeditated this murder. I want you all to know that. There is too much manhood in me for that. I want to say these newspaper men sitting around here, they all abused me. All the money in this country could not hire me to sit down there to see a man hang. I am going to be hung. I'm going to die like a man. God will forgive all. Yes. Those were basically his last words. I can oh. it not being premeditated, but unless you carry a gun with you all the time, if this is the first random time you're carrying a gun, then you obviously were planning on something. I doubt that it was a random time carrying a gun. Back in those days, I bet you most men had guns. I can see that. I'm just saying, it's like, if you... And think so, about it. So, if you have someone who carries a gun all the time, and they randomly, like, pull the gun and act of whatever and shoot the person, mm-hmm. okay, not premeditated. But... If you don't normally carry a gun, or you don't have that type of personality, which obviously he did have that type of personality. He did. He had to be thinking of it. He had to plan it in some sense of, if she does this, or if she pisses me off, I'm just going to shoot her. She's out of the way, you know? Yeah. Well, let me see my kid. Fine. You're going to get out of my way. I mean, I could see it definitely being a crime of passion, but still... Maybe. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to know more details to persuade me one way Well, I mean, I gave you all the details. <laughs> she said no. Pissed him off. Pulled out a gun. Yeah. Still. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, okay. I'd like to go back and, like, actually get my own, like, okay. I'd love to be able to time travel and get more information on it. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. She did a fantastic job for all the stuff that she had. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, before, uh, before he was, you know, set up to hang, he kneeled in front of a Catholic priest and was read the Lord's Prayer. When he stood, straps were placed on his arms and legs. The rope maid was placed around his neck and then a black cap was put over his head after the cap was put over his head he shouted this is awful take it off i want to see it's too tight loosen it it's it's too tight he was freaking out well that's because it's finally a real situation yeah i'd be freaking out too really you're gonna spit it out 
Think about it. So you can be cocky, you know, still waiting for your dad to, or your attorneys to end it, and all of a sudden now the rope's around your neck and the bag's over your head. It's officially real. Mm-hmm. At 12.08 p.m., the sheriff sprang the trap door. The sound could be heard from two blocks away. Reports say that Butler initially stood too close to the hinges of the drop, and as the trap fell, he slid off, having an imperfect fall and preventing the breaking of his neck. At the end of the second minute, minute two, Butler finally raised his legs and dropped them with heavy force, which ended his life, ended the life of the only person who received the death penalty in Whitley County. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. He is the only person to hang or die in Whitley County. I wonder if it's because he had the imperfect death because he didn't slide right. Yeah. So like, oh, we don't want to do that again until they find a different way to kill him. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's not why. Maybe it is. I don't know. Okay. The coroner uh, pronounced him dead after eight minutes of the trap door going down. You feel like someone would just go up, and I I know this is going to sound really wrong. Okay, he's obviously going to die. You're going to leave him there until he's dead. So why don't you just go over there, grab his legs, and just yank down? Ah, I don't think I'd want to be that person, though. I wouldn't want to be that person either. But you'd end his life faster. I guess, but I mean, at that point, why don't you just shoot him in the head? I don't know. (laughs) Here, let me cut you down, and then we're going to shoot you instead. Well, I mean... Okay, this faster. The same guy who hit the pedal to drop the door. Who the sheriff? Okay, this mm-hmm. should be the same person that does it. Because you technically you're the one that's killing him. You you release the floor technically, but I mean I don't I, know. I, I told you I'd hate to say it. I'd hate to be that person. But yeah. eight minutes versus just like I'm just gonna hang on my legs. <sighs> yeah. Or you know put him back up and <gasps> and try it again. The sheriff, Sheriff Al- Alwyn. He he got pretty messed up because of all of this. I can believe it. Just by doing this, he was messed up. I don't think he would be able to do anything else to move it along faster. Why do you think when they do the um, firing line? Only one person has the bullet and but, you don't and know who has it. And nobody knows. Yeah. That's why. It's not to mess them totally up. Because you don't yeah. know if you're the one that killed him or not. Exactly. So that's why, like, poor guy. He's got a lot on his plate. I, I yeah. While he died, Butler's body was returned to Columbus, where he was buried. It wasn't very long after the hanging that the law was changed. Hangings would only take place at state prisons. So I was just going to say, they couldn't do it properly. Yep. Maybe that was why. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Eight minutes of hanging? Yeah. I couldn't, I uh, poor guy. No, yeah. Uh, Sheriff Alwyn... Retired? He retired, yes, as sheriff. He began a career in the restaurant business. And he had a restaurant in Columbia City, eventually moved to Finley, Ohio. It weighed on his mind until he died at age 75 in 1919. Well, I'm glad he didn't commit suicide. No, he did not. Good for him. Yes. Um, He is buried in Green Hill Cemetery in Columbia City, though. Oh, even though he lived in Finley, he went back to Columbia City after he died. So, my biggest question is, does Mr. Butler, Charles Butler, haunt the jail since he died there? Absolutely. What does he do? He is the main ghost of the jail. 
There are those that say you can feel an intense electrical present presence just by entering the building. Many people say that their cameras malfunction and batteries, you know, die. That's a very normal, yeah. common thing that happens. Some people have said that they have seen Charles Butler's ghost standing outside the jail on a number of occasions. Along with Charles Butler, some of those are saying that Sheriff Alwyn, Alwyn it is at the jail as well. Being such a traumatic thing for both him and Charles. I could see that. They're thinking, yeah, because it was such a traumatic event after he died, he just went back to the jail. Because it was weighing on his mind so much. I could see that. Especially if he didn't have anything traumatic before or after that. Yeah. That was the only traumatic thing, major traumatic thing in his life. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, that would probably do it. Uh, several paranormal investigators have actually spent time at the jail. And they say a ghostly figure moves from the jail section to the sheriff's quarters. They're thinking that's Sheriff Alwyn. There are also reports being of being watched when you're sitting in the old jail cell. You can hear sounds of footsteps that are approaching the jail cell and then passing down the hall. There is a door that opens without any assistance from anyone. Yay! Just a random door that opens. During that same investigation... While sitting in one of the cells, the investigator got the distinct impression that something grabbed her leg and then it moved up to her knee. When Somebody's s- getting handsy. <laughs> right? Someone shined a-, a light on her to show that there was no one else in the cell. Ugh. Just her. It just grabbed her and moved up. That just felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> I did it to Darren. <laughs> You're lucky I shaved this morning. <laughs> I don't care. I didn't shave. <laughs> That's still creepy. Though. Where am I at? You're molesting now. I'm molesting Taryn. It's fine. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> she has Camelot. <laughs> oh, here, here I am. <laughs> there are sounds of a man laughing, knocking, and someone running. And everyone on the team heard this. Uh, let's see, they also had the sensation of someone brushing up against or passing them. That's what I normally get. It's just, just creepy. Yeah, just like a, a passing sensation of someone maybe touching you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. They also watched curtains move without, there was no wind, no one else was touching them. No breeze, just, no, no nothing. They were just moving. Mice. Moving curtains. Could be mice. If there's mice there, I really don't want to go to the haunted jail. It's an old jail. I don't want to go to the haunted jail. Here, there's no mice because we're going. <laughs> You're a liar. Maybe we'll find out when we get there. Ah, uh, well, the the investigation, the investigating the ghost hunter team, was not the only one who experienced paranormal activity. Obviously, a lot of the people who work there and visitors have seen things or heard things as well. A lot of people say that they they get the feeling that they're being watched. Um, more people ha- are seeing those curtains move without anyone touching them. Another story is that they see a ghostly figure that is kind of blurry that likes to touch people on their shoulders or their hands. Why don't you touch my shoulders? You got that once. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was trying to give me a back rub. That yeah, was just creepy as all get out. <laughs> 
Uh, the other workers in the building have said that they heard what sounds like scraping in the walls. Yeah, some mice hatching away at the end. Uh, no, no, mice. Ceiling. They're mice. I can see being mice, but you know, in the story, it's them okay. picking away at the. All right, going at the walls, sure. Okay, so it's either the ghost picking up the walls, or it's the mice moving this curtain. I mean, it's what <laughs> or combination there. <laughs> it's, it's all everything. <laughs> They're working together. <laughs> Let's see, there is an unsettling feeling that takes people over when they're in the cellar. And they also say, even for a cellar, cellars are cold, but it's even like super cold down there, like a refrigerator. What if it's got cold spots? That's probably the cold spot. It's like one giant cold spot. It's just cold in the cellar. One of the oddest reports, which is in the cellar, is that they can smell what they assumed was blood. Penny smells. Oh, yeah, copper. Yeah, see? Because you know blood smells yeah, like, like coppery. And pen- yes. Yeah. Also, in the attic of the jail, uh, one of the workers were out of the building. He thought he heard someone talking. So uh, there was one guy in the building. All of his other co- co-workers went outside. He was the only one in the building, and he thought he heard someone talking. Uh, he was the only one in there. Hmm. Uh, he said when he went to leave the attic, he saw someone making their way to the basement but the figure did not look completely human. Transparent. Yes. Cool. Yeah. We're going to go see some ghosts. And so that is the old Whitley County Jail. Also nowadays, the Columbia City Haunted Jail. I said we're going to have to go. Uh, fine. We'll go. I, re- I just, I remember going the one time. I don't remember like inside, but I remember being there. I've been wanting to go for a while. And even if we don't go during the Halloween season, during the haunted jail, mm-hmm. maybe I might be able to get us to where we can actually go investigate the jail without all the Halloween stuff. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. See what we can turn up. That'd be really cool. That's the hauntings. There's also, I guess, a womanly figure that some people see. But I, I don't know. Like, how do you know it's a womanly figure? Well, what if she's wearing a dress? But the way I saw it described was that it was like smoke more than anything so it's just like a form so that's why i'm like how do you know it's a woman then you can't tell if it's a woman (laughs) no i don't know could be a short man it could be charles bad charles charles i know he tried he got baptized as a catholic he tried his hardest to go up to heaven but you know what Things. You can't just be baptized as a Catholic to become Catholic. There are so many different steps to become Catholic, and it takes over a year to do it. Oh, you know what? He tried to do it fast. Maybe he didn't take the right steps. Did Maybe you repent? Did. Maybe he... I don't know if he did. Exactly. Maybe. Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. That's that, guys. If you want to go during the Halloween season to go visit the jail in Columbia City, have at it. This is going to start mid-September through, like, mid-November. Good question. Let's get on their website and check that out. We'll give you guys a shout-out. It opens September 27th. So it looks like most of the time, Mondays and Tuesdays, they have off. Until it starts getting closer to Halloween. Then they start adding in more days. Yeah, of course. Just get on their website. You'll be able to see it. It's ColumbiaCityHauntedJail.com. Looks Uh, like it goes through until November 11th. Yes, so it looks like November 11th. Look at that. But definitely go check it oh, out. Oh, new attractions coming soon. Unlocking new catacombs. Oh my. New super tickets. Because VIP isn't enough. 
that's that. That's that. So have fun. Go check it out. Maybe while you are getting scared by the workers, you'll be scared by a real ghost. Which or the real ghost are sent back on. Ha, that's a bunch of. <laughs> Maybe. Wait until I get you not there, and then I'm going to tap on your shoulder just to freak you out. <laughs> yeah, because they wait until you're on edge, and they're like, ha ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would totally Maybe. do that. <laughs> uh. All right, Taryn, you want to give us a joke? Oh, I didn't even look up jokes this time. I guess I'm going to actually have to do what you do and just open Do it. I know, right? It's the I'm best so way. unprepared. That's fine. All right. Why did Dad get fired from the calendar factory job? Why? Because he kept kept taking time off. Uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> because he kept taking time off the calendars. He uh, can't do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Oh, good one, Taryn. Thanks. Yeah. All right, guys. You can give us a, a look-see on our website. It's fortweirdpodcast.com. You can get a hold of me at my email address, heather at fortweirdpodcast.com. You can send in your personal stories there. I would love to start doing personal stories episodes because, you know, everyone's weird and they have weird, crazy stories and I want to hear them. Me too. Because <laughs> that's awesome. I can't be the only weird one out there. No, I right? Everyone else has weird stories. I want to hear them. I really want to do that. Uh, you can also get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fort Weird Pod. I, I check the Facebook and the Instagram. I'm getting better at Twitter, but I still don't get on it that often. It is what it is, guys. It's me. You know me by now. I can't help it. Also, than I am. <laughs> also, uh, take a look at our YouTube page. Haven't really seen any new ones yet. I've been kind of putting those on the back burner since I got sick and, you know, life happens. Pat, and you're still waiting for me to draw the chicken people. Yeah. And Taryn needs to draw us what the chicken people look like to her. And, and watch out for the future, guys. We are going to start selling merchandise. Exciting. So... Keep a lookout. It'll be on a, we're going to make a bunch of stuff and then it's going to be on a first come first serve basis because we're only going to have so much. Because we're both working women with kids. Exactly. (laughs) But that is the end of my spiel. You all have a wonderful, wonderful week and we will catch you next week. And happy fall. Happy fall. All right. Bye guys. Bye. The existence of this 